Hello, everyone. This is the Grace Mott Podcast, episode 19. And our listenership is growing exponentially. I uh, I checked it on both Podbean and Apple. I haven't figured out how to check statistics on Spotify or Google or Pandora or any of those others yet. But we are up to six listeners. Woo! Enough. Sweet. <laughs> Most That's impressive. enough. Uh, so six that, people can change the world, man. <laughs> I know it. So that's, and I'm sure there are twice that many listening to us elsewhere. So, of course, anyways. of course. Well, this is Apostle John Luke, and this is Apostle Duke. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we should do the song. Grace Mod. Grace Mod. Grace Mod. Grace Mod. Grace Mod. Wow, I, I couldn't chime in on that. That was too perfect. I was, I was waiting for that bass note to come in well, to end the, the tone, but... Oh, man, that was like yeah, Pavarotti there. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't told you my questions yet, but I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Question number one is... Does God care what I do for a living? And am I serving him by doing what I do? Okay. I Go ahead. I have an answer for that, but you're not going to like it. So go ahead after your second one. That's it. I've got That's I've got it. another well, I have another subject to talk about, but it's going to be another secret. Okay. And so I we probably have enough anyway. So, okay, and then mine are going to be, um, why were the religious leaders so intent on stopping Jesus from doing miracles on the Sabbath? And the second one was, and I'm passionate about this second one, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, what is the significance of the law? Do not covet. I have kind of a take, I wonder if, might apply to that. And then the last one was, do we choose our destiny or does God? And then there was a news article about AI, about artificial intelligence, and that was one of the things we thought we might interject. Maybe kind of a topic that's not necessarily religious, but is very important that probably going to affect all of us in some way. So, so that's my list. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, so here's so the question is why were the religious leaders so intent on stopping Jesus from doing miracles? And that the narrative is that it seems like the Christian narrative that I've always had was they were just mean people. They just were ill-tempered. And if someone got healed and they're crippled all their life and Jesus healed them and they were able to walk the rest of the life. They just didn't care about that person's health and all they cared about because they were so jealous of all the attention that Jesus got and that that's why they were trying to stop him. But but I as I thought more about it, what I think probably is closer to the truth is that 
there are a lot of people out there in that time claiming to be Messiah. There were others, a lot, maybe a, a strong word. There were others out there claiming to be Messiah, and they went around and they did their miracles. And I believe the so, religious... Wait, so it's like, I'm the Messiah. No, I'm the Messiah. No, right. he's the Messiah over there. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly, and I. that's historically accurate, that there were other people during that time claiming to be the Messiah. And so what I think was happening was, I believe a lot of the religious leaders just thought he was a con artist. And the idea was on the Sabbath, you're to rest. And, and they took that very seriously. And they thought he's working. He's doing his campaign. He's out there working. He he brought in the, the fake paralyzed guy or the fake blind guy, and then they do a big deal, and then they collect money, and he gets his name out there. That's kind of what I think was probably closer to the truth than the narrative I've been taught all my life, because I just can't see. I, I give these people the benefit of the doubt, and I think a lot of these guys were really trying to understand what the truth was. They were trying to figure it out. I think they just got it wrong. So that's my answer to my first question. Okay. I think that's a pretty good answer. Okay. Remind me what the question was. (laughs) Why were the religious (laughs) leaders so intent on stopping Jesus from doing miracles on the Sabbath day? On the Sabbath. I think it's like anything he was disruptive yeah and he was disrupting their way of life and threatening who they are and how they lived and their power structure and everything he was a threat to them yeah because he really had a his following was growing really rapidly and so i think they thought they just had to stop him it wasn't so much that he was doing miracles on the Sabbath. That was just one excuse for how they could attack him because it, so it violated you, one of their laws. So do you think the religious leaders at that time really believed that he was doing miracles? Uh, I'm sure some of them did. Okay. Yeah, the narrative is they, they knew he was doing miracles. They just didn't give a heck. They just were jealous, which makes them... Sounds so just like crappy people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't think they were any, they're just people, I think. So yeah. let's compare them to, so the conservative Christians of today. Yeah. And they have been threatened by the, the LGBT and other things that go against traditional Christianity. They they feel their lives and their livelihoods, the way they their way of life, the, their beliefs are all being threatened. That's why they are against those people, and those people in turn believe that the religious right poses a threat to them, so they attack them. It's so you think that's what more... I think the Jews and Jesus were in a similar situation. So you think it's more from a a pride ego point of view rather than they're just really trying to do the right thing the way they understand they're supposed to do the right thing no it's fear and uncertainty 
You think that's the that that's the biggest driving motivator for that? Yep, that's what okay. I think. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think that a lot of these guys. I mean, I just so I use myself as the, as an example. I mean, I thought I was doing the right thing, man. I just thought, you know, when I stood up against homosexuality or if I stood up against, you know, someone not believing the way I believe that it was my job and I, 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 when someone else had a different faith, I would debate them because I was trying to, I was trying to do the right thing, man. I, I, was, I was trying to, I was trying to figure it out and I, I was trying to do the right thing. Maybe there's some who are just, <laughs> you know, but I, <laughs> I, I kind of think a lot of them are, are just trying to do the right thing, man. They just, they're just messed up. Well, I mean, they're, they're doing what they've been taught is the right thing. Yeah. You know, whether, whether it, what, and after all, what is the right thing? It keeps changing. Right. Yeah. In oh, our I, world, it's changed a ton in our lifetimes, right? What's the right thing? So, yeah, I don't know what the right thing is. So I, I heard a quote one time that said, the most dangerous thing in the world is a man who's convinced he's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, beware of those type of people, you know? So. And that's why the grace mark principle number one or two is. Yes. Have an open mind. Be a yes, seeker. As best we can, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I got a long way to go on that too. Okay. So it's your job. You're next, right? Yes. Does God care what I do for a living? And am I honoring him in what I do? So that's the question. Yes. I, I would say, okay, my Christian hat would be absolutely yes. It's very important. And if you're doing good for the world and, and doing good for your fellow man and healing the sick and all that kind of stuff, that God cares and God is very happy with what I do as long as I'm doing it diligently and in his name and to honor him. That's the Christian hat. Yeah. The the uh, the more agnostic hat would be like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he doesn't care. The, the God that created the universe, you know, and yeah, and those, those 152 new galaxies they found with, the James, James Webb, Webb yeah. telescope this week. <laughs> he, he doesn't care what I do for a living, and what I, what I do for a living is it good or bad? Because I, I in my lifetime I've done ten thousand labor epidurals to help women not hurt. Yeah, to have babies. Yeah, but my environmentalist hat would be: you're helping overpopulate the world. You know. Oh, so to me, I I believe the biggest problem facing our Earth right now is overpopulation and overutilization and pollution and all that. I think that's our biggest problems that we have to deal with, and we're not really dealing with them. Okay, that's interesting. I I didn't know you're quite the environmentalist. I'm uh, a talk about environmentalist. Do I do a whole lot? Of, I recycle. Do I go out and protest? No. Do I do I buy up? big acreages in South America to try to keep them from being cut down, cutting down the trees like Michael Jackson did? No. Hey. I, I sure talk about it, though. So, hey, I will charge you as 
I think if you're going to be an environmentalist, just be a damn good one. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you seem, okay, you almost, it's almost like you're apologizing for it or something. But I, I think just... No, it's, I'm like all these people that have these causes that yeah. talk about them, but don't do anything about them. Okay. I'm one of those people. I'll talk about it, but you, I'm not going to actually go out and do anything about it. You do recycle, though. I know that because I have to do it every time I hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recycle, but that's good. At least you're doing that. Well, your kids are into it, and and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so my turn. Your turn. Hit it. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Christian and the agnostic and the atheist point of view. Okay. Cri- I, I'm... I'm kind of going back and forth in what I'm thinking about this. I'm going to say yes. It, and here's what you need to do. Here's what I'm, I'm speaking to myself. Let me say it that way. Here's what I need to do. I need to find a job that I love. that, And that's how I honor God. Now, don't, you know, do a job where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm swindling people out of money. I think that would probably... That would not be good. But if I could find something that I just love to do, I think that's I think that's God's charge to us. I here's where I'm at. I'm going to just try this. I I am a I decided I am a worshiper of the universe, okay, because I think God is the design behind that, and that's my way of understand. That's His display to us of who He is. And so by by doing that, so then how do I how do I honor this universe the best way I know how? And that's to find something that I that I love to do, that I enjoy doing. To I'm just going to be so much better. Now, as an atheist, as an ath- even as an agnostic, I, I I subscribe to that view because I just feel like the best way I can worship and honor God is by celebrating my life and by doing good things for my life health-wise mentally this wonderful experience of being alive and enjoying the creation of god and i think i can do that in my job now here again i think maybe like you is like do i practice what i preach i like my company my job is like it's all right but I got three years to go and I'm going to knock it out. And then I'm going to, then I'm going to go find myself somewhere in the world. And so that's a long way of answering that question, but I thought there was a lot of meat there. So that was like a prime rib. That was like a rabbit trail, brother. No, no. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Okay. All right. Okay. Is it your so, turn? So my second question was, because I'm so passionate about this question, I can't remember. Is it uh, destiny? Was it the destiny? Oh, oh, what is the significance of do not covet? So I was thinking about this. Uh, I don't know about you, but as a Christian growing up, up in church, you know, it was one of the, you know, thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not that, you know, don't kill. I got that. Worship the Lord your God. I got that. Don't worship other gods. I got that. Don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. That makes pretty good sense. Da 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 da. Honor your mother and father. Da. But thou shalt not covet. Was always like, well, yeah. How do you how do you do that? What is that? 
that's one of those sort of supplemental kind of a you know scripture under the the main heading is like what does that even mean don't covet so here i came up with this idea and i thought i would share it with our thousands of listeners and that is I watched, I saw a deal the other day and it talked about just the amazing uh, 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 invention of, of civilization. Just how amazing that is. I mean, thunders thousands of years ago, people lived and they cut their own wood and they, they cooked their own food and they caught their own food and they raised their own kids and they burned their own kids. But with civilization, we have doctors and we have uh, grocery stores and, and, it, and it's a wonderful thing but one of the things we didn't have back then and this is a relatively recent invention and that's just a deed to property I mean a couple hundred years ago you had a little place out on the mountainside and if and if the if the guys down in the village 200 miles down said hey we want that land they'll just come and knock you down take your stuff buy and so what they did, they built walls. But if you couldn't build walls, I mean, you were kind of out there on your own. And you think about when David and Bathsheba, you think about that. He was out pillaging other communities. That's what they did. They went out and they pillaged them and they took their stuff. And that's how they got rich. And that's how they became powerful nation is by going out and doing that. So I was thinking, what is it significant? I wonder if we see it through the prism of 2023 and we try to see what, how does that, how does that look? But we need to look through the prism of that time. And then at that time, John Luke, you just lived with your wife. I mean, yeah, you were married, I guess, right? And, but there was no like, sharing i don't know how they did all that but like if you had land and you said my land goes from this tree to that block over there someone would say no it doesn't that's my you know you just there's no there's nothing like that so when you covet it and if you had if you were the big mamma jamma okay and i liked his wife and he was just some peasant i i'd go take her i mean as i really like her man i like that so i wonder if that was quite the law of thou shalt not covet it's like teaching yourself to say look just because you like that who that what they have that doesn't mean you should go and try to take it don't covet don't be glad with what you have and i wonder if that here again to your point that you've made and i have subscribed to now it was a lot of it was just about common sense right i mean hey if you do that crap our society breaks apart. If everybody just goes out and grabs whatever they want, our society breaks apart. So what you do is you you frame it in, here's what God wants. <laughs> God doesn't want you to covet. And then when you can frame it that way, then it becomes more, there's more of a incentive to obey that law. And so that is my second subject. Okay. I was... I always wondered about that one too. The others were clear. Yeah. Coveting, coveting was a little bit hazy. Yeah. Because what we've talked about before that the fantasy is not the fact. Yeah. It's not the act for sure. Okay. So, so if you just think, man, I'd like to have his or her, whatever. Yeah. And you don't do anything about it, I don't see how that's a sin really. 
yeah. I think it's I think it's when people acted on it and started trying to take the other people's stuff through one way or another that coveting really became an issue. I think that's I agree with that. Yeah. Hundred percent. So anyway, for whatever that's worth. Well, but as kids, didn't you think it was if you even thought about yes. you were jealous oh, of that person yes. for having that, then it was a sin. That's and right. You were going to hell. That's right. You were on the wrong side of that. I saw my my neighbor's brand new sissy bar, apple candy red new bicycle, and dude, was that awesome! And I thought, oh, I I could just anything to get a bike like that, you know. But and but I was coveting, and so, so. But I think it means something different. Maybe it means something different. So it was just uh, meaning don't go and do something illegal to take it. It's okay to say, man, I love that bike, dude. <laughs> I would do anything, have a bike like that. So anyway, that was just uh, something to entertain our listeners, our thousands of listeners. Good. So. Okay, I may just save mine for the next week. No, go ahead. Okay, so you got time? Went... Go ahead and do another. I'm... Okay, I can't even remember what my other one was going to be. Oh, it was another surprise. It was uh... going to be a good one, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, do we decide our destiny or does God? And I'm saying God does it. I think I think it's a fallacy to believe that I have the ability to control my life. I think it's it's a it's 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 an illusion that we can control our own lives. So, and I think the Bible speaks to that. But I think even as a atheist, I could say that we're just we're just human machines, and we like. Okay, they did a study one time. Okay, and here was a study. They took they took these college kids, and they. They hooked on their arms some electrodes, okay? And so then they had them sit their hands down, and they and, and the, 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 the researchers would hit a button, and it would do a thing in their hand, you know, and their hand would go up like that. And they would say, lift your hand up, lift your hand up, okay? And then they would do it, and it would go down. And the results of the study was really surprising because they would say when they would hit that button and their hand would go up and down they would say okay now we did your hand up and down and the 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 subject would say no no i i did that and they said no we did it we actually triggered your muscle to flex that way but in their mind they said no i i did that and, and I think of some other things, too, like at night when I'm getting ready to fall asleep and I'm laying there and I go, huh, like that. I think about that sometimes. I think, did I do that? And the answer is, no, I didn't do that. My body did it. My body pumps my heart when I have to cough, when I sneeze. Did I do that? My body's doing that. So I think... It's very nuanced and complicated, but I honestly think the human machine is just a machine. It's just a, it's just a software program. We think we're in control. I, I, I say I can eat anything I want, but I can't eat rock. I can't drink turpentine, so no, I can't do that. 
hey, I can go anywhere I want. Well, you can't go way down in the water of the ocean. You can't go without, without air. So that's, that I'm limited to the human condition. So anyway, that's, it's a long answer to my third and final question. I believe that destiny is a fallacy. Okay. Destiny and luck and things like that are not real. What people call destiny, you know, you can't, you say this person's destiny is A or whatever, but you don't really know how it's going to turn out. It's not until you get into the retrospectoscope, looking back on someone's life, say, ah, his destiny was such and such. Yeah. Because that's how it turned out. It's not that there really is a destiny. I mean, I would like to believe that I have a destiny to be something great. But in reality, I just believe that I'm going to turn out how I turn out. Yeah. And it's not known yet how that's going to be exactly. Anyway, Dest destiny's a fallacy destiny's in, my, a... in my book. Okay, okay. So you took it even one step further and just say whatever's going to happen to us is going to happen to us. And there's not really anything we can do to... Or there's nothing pre-designed. Correct. About, okay. There's we, we can do everything. We... If we have the right motivation, the right intelligence, the right people backing us. Right. If someone who uh, has all that going for them is yeah. much more likely to have a good destiny, don't you think, than somebody that is raised by a single parent in poverty and was beaten uh, every day. And yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. on yeah. drugs. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And got, you know, had terrible things happen to, to him when he was young. That right. person's destiny is not going to be as good as the person who was coddled, uh, trained well, has backing by two parents, et cetera. You know? Right. Okay. I think there are lots of probabilities involved in all right. that. Right, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. But the, but the destiny thing, because destiny is so fun to believe in. It's so alluring. It's so, I want to believe in it. I just so do. I watch these movies sometimes, and it's like, you just know the good guy's going to win because he's the good guy, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 there's and 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 so I watched with my mom the other. I'm I'm such a dork. I I admit it. But I watched my mom the other day, like the third version of Beauty and the Beast, and this was it's a French movie, and so we've been watching these movies from China and India and France and all that. But anyway. So, you know, when the beast is in the water and he's dead, it sees the, you see the little golden flakes come up out of the water that is going to save him. And I just, yeah, that's, I'm, it's out, the force is out there and I'm, and I'm connecting into that force. I don't know. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to burst your bubble. How about <laughs> luck? Do you believe I'm in done. luck? I'm done. Believe there I'm are some people that are... Screw it. <laughs> do you think there are some people that are lucky? I do. Or is it just man. it just happens? Isn't isn't there some people out there who just good things happen? Well, I know this. I'll tell you this because I know first firsthand. 
there's some people just have crappy luck. Now, luck is probably not the right word. They're, they probably do stupid stuff, right? And they yes. go get three and four credit cards, and then someone gets their credit card number and say, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. And I go, how does that always happen to this guy? But he's got six, eight different credit cards, and he's popping them here and there, you know, and he doesn't change the tires on his car when the when the thread goes down and he has a flat. I'm thinking, how does that always happen to him? You're, yeah, I think I get you. It's it, There's probably not luck. It's just people, they're... It's just destiny. It, it's just destiny. <laughs> it's the odds. It's the odds, like you say. You know, if you yeah. change your tires and your dad taught you to change your tires, save money, don't take out too much credit, don't run around with these kind of people. Yeah, the odds are in your favor. But sometimes it seems to be luck. And here again, I just want to go there. I want to believe in it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just choose to believe in it anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> I still get to be in the church though, because we can't cast out any. That's right. So okay, so your surprise? Did you come up with your surprise? No, uh, that was it. It was shocking. It was going to be shocking. Uh, I was just, it, it, I was just telling everybody that I, so they listen. I just, I, can't I don't wait. remember. That was gonna be. It was a pretty good one, but I can't remember what it was. That's that's what comes with being old. Yeah. So okay. So the last thing, my, what do you think? Is AI good or bad? That's my yes. news article. Yes. It is good and bad. I it hear can, a lot of things. Be able to do amazing things that will be helpful to people. But it also is probably dangerous, just like all the sci-fi novels, where the computers take over and find they have no needs for humans anymore and find ways to eliminate us. Do you think this is the same discussion they had back in the 40s when they said, what do you think about this nuclear power? These, oh, my these, goodness. These atomic bombs they're able to make. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I wonder if they're having this, this is the same kind of discussion Probably. Yeah. I remember watching a movie from the 70s where these two computers got together and through artificial intelligence, basically, they took over all the nukes Yeah, all over the world and were able to just nuke whoever they wanted to. That That's the ultimate scariness of AI, I think. Hey, did you ever see Soylent Green? I did. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I had soil and green one time. It was pretty tasty. Oh, was it pretty good? Yeah. Right. What about while, while you were a plane crash on the side of a snowy mountain for yeah. weeks and weeks? And... <laughs> <laughs> well, explain to the audience who might be younger than we are what soil and green is. Well, well, so I'll say it this way. It's It was just the future. The future was just always so scary, man. But... They were eating this soil and green. It was so good. And it, it turned out to be like humans. Yeah. They were chopping humans up and eating them. And they didn't know. They just thought, man, this is really good. But my the kind of my point is just the future is, I mean, you watch a movie about the future a lot of times. It's just something. That it's like the morality of the people have just been compromised to a point that it's unrecognizable. It's always so scary, man, the future. Yep. So I don't know, but. I I will see. I guess. I guess that's the point of those books. Is yeah, scariness. I'm yeah, 
I, you do wonder. I mean, if I wrote a book about how good the future is going to be, would people buy it? They say, yeah. yeah, it's all going to be butterflies yeah, and unicorns, yeah, yeah. and it's going to be so happy. Yeah. But if I could say, oh, the environment's going to go to hell, <laughs> yeah. and and ticks are going to swarm your hair, and or all the horrible things that yeah. may happen if AI or nuclear or whatever happens. So, what if bed bugs got artificial intelligence? It's they it, crawl all over everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Or just, or just, or just like okay. So here's here's a funny story. Uh, a true story, give me a little liberty, but the story went something like this. Uh, they had uh, a bunch of rats on this island. And so to get rid of the rats, they were just, and people hated them. They said, hey, if you bring in snakes, there's a certain kind of snake that'll eat that rat. And they brought in, you know, a couple, 35 snakes. Man, they ate those rats up. It was wonderful. The rats were gone, but then they had snakes everywhere. Right. <laughs> and then to get rid of the snakes, they brought in this like hedgehog kind of thing that would eat the snakes. And when I was there, we were at that point. It's like, what are these hedgehogs? Why are there hedgehogs everywhere? Or whatever it was. It was some kind of beaver or something. Mon- mongoose. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And as well, here's how the story goes. <laughs> yeah. You know, as you think about bed bugs, it, could they, I mean, so much of this stuff could like get us, right? Insects or birds. It gets out of balance, man. And you're the balance guy. I'm charging you with your environmental. You need to start wearing your badge to church. I'm an I environmentalist. See, yes. And like, I want to see, like, you know, you're not wearing deodorant. It's like, that smells. Well, he, he doesn't believe in deodorant anymore, man. Doesn't shave. <laughs> my badge would say, Jesus loves me and Jesus loves the earth. So you be yes, nice to it. That's right. And he made yeah. the earth. That's right. All right, man. Okay. Have you had enough? I've had enough. Yes, sir. Okay. This is Grace Mott, episode 19. I am Apostle John Luke. I can tell because I can read it right here on my little screen. Oh, there it is right there. And I am a, well, no, I can't say that. I'm Apostle Duke. I need to work on my name tag. So, and we will see you next time for another exciting of Grace Mott podcast. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.